Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. I'm Baha Etmanen, the founder and editor of Ageless by Rescue. Ageless by Rescue gives you unprecedented access to international and Australian experts and visionaries. Hi, it's Miranda Kerr here on Ageless by Rescue podcast. Hi, this is Martha Kay and you are on Ageless by Rescue podcast. I'm Trini Woodall. I mean, I feel I'm being interviewed by the sexiest woman in the world. Candace Warner is a household name, a former Ironwoman, one half of Australia's most recognized and glamorous sporting couples. She is known for her strength, sporting achievements, and family values. I've always wanted to meet the famous Candace Warner because to me, she represents the modern muse so clearly. Having started her sporting career at 14, she's been able to parlay her iron will, her incredible smarts, and the ability to juggle family and relationship life all the while in the blinding lights of the press. Today, I'm excited to bring you Candace, who's really open to sharing all of her secrets from biohacking to wellness, from beauty, and all of the goals and aspirations she has for herself, her husband, and her daughters. You're going to really love this episode. Candace is fun, she's candid, and she's heartwarming. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome you, Candace Warner, to Ageless by Rescue. And my God, do you walk the talk? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It is a real privilege to be um, to be speaking to you. I've always wanted to meet you. Like I said before we came on, I've listened to other podcasts that you've done and you seem like such a girl's girl and um, definitely an inspirational woman in so many different ways. The reason that I really would wanted you on the show is because we've really been working a lot on this um whole background into biohacking, which really comes from a sporting field. And you and your husband are obviously great athletes, celebrated athletes, world-class athletes. And you in particular, as a mother of three under seven with a big career, you must have some pretty good life mm-hmm. hacks and biohacks that you can share with us. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it started back when I was competing a, a long time ago. We would always have ice baths um, you know, after a really hot day or after training to um, just sort of rejuvenate our body and, and get it recovering. So for me, it's, um, yeah, back then it was all about recovery as an athlete and, and getting those ice baths in straight away. But now that I'm a mum and, um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on the road with David, it's still important that I look at what I can do. So for, for myself, it's when I wake up in the morning, it's a cold shower. And and for how I long, know it's, Candace, how oh, long do you run it for? Yeah, I would at least a minute. Um, wow. I don't know. Yeah, for, yeah and it is, I can do 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, but it is funny how you do get used to it. Your body does adjust and sometimes it is mind over matter. Um, you know, you turn it on, you go, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to go straight in. So um, for me, it is a cold shower for a minute. And then I do, I don't put it back to hot, but I do put it back to warm. So for me, that's how I start my day. Uh, It rejuvenates me and I feel so much better for it. Um, Another thing that I do is the intermittent fasting. So 
generally after about 6.30 at night, I will just, you know, have a cup of tea or some water and then to about 10 o'clock the next day, um, you know, that, that's it. I won't have anything. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's it stopped a lot of bloating. It, it wasn't about losing weight for me. It wasn't about, um, you know, trying to shed kilos. It was about I was really struggling with bloat. So it, it helped tremendously. At yeah. That inflammation and, and all of the studies around inter- intermittent fasting and why it's an anti-aging diet is that yes. it dramatically reduces inflammation. So if you had bloating, mm. you can tackle that through intermittent fasting by giving your body the time to heal and repair itself. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, they're, they're the two things that I do religiously um, every day. You know, that's my non-negotiables that I do because it makes my body has responded the best through doing those two things. So for me, um, it's very simple and that's what I do. What about sleep, Candice? I mean, three kids under seven is tough. Traveling around, well, we haven't traveled for a while, but once you do, it's tough. Mm. But as an athlete, I'm sure you more than anyone else understand the importance of sleep and what exactly is the science of sleep. So how do you manage that? For me, uh, sleep's always been the best form of recovery. So you can get massages, you can get, um, you can be, you know, you have your proteins and everything. But for me, genuine um, deep sleep when you're in your deepest moment of sleep is the best form of recovery. So um, it is hard with kids, but I run a a very tight ship here. My kids are in bed at 7.30 at night. Hopefully they're asleep by 8. And um, unless there's a cricket match on TV, my husband's overseas, I will generally try to go to sleep at about 9, 9.30 and then up at 6 a.m. And for me, sleep is um, by far the most important thing in my daily routine. While we're on the subject of food and performance enhancement, what does the Warner household look like in terms of wellness, rejuvenation? I mean, there, you know, he's still an athlete, so there, mm. there's a lot going on, and I guess you have to support that, but still run a normal household. Um, what does you know a, a day on the plate look like at the Warner household? So it's um, so David doesn't do the intermittent fasting like I do. So I mean, for him, it is um, a very balanced diet. It's not um, you know just all um proteins or anything it's it's about balance so you know he will have you know wake up in the morning have some coffee uh and then it'll be a couple a couple of poached eggs on some toast we generally then go train together um followed by what, like a what protein are you doing shake when you're training so we might go for um generally a run when we're training together he or he will go and do his cricket training we love to run in the morning we get it done before it's too hot or before the wind picks up so we may go to Centennial Park or do a nice coastal run where we can just clear our head. Um, and then followed by a protein shake. I um, use the brand Isoway. And, I love that brand um, too. I, it's the yummiest. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yummy, but it's also really, um, you know, it's not expensive. It, it's not, um, it's very affordable for everyone. So I use the Isoway, generally the banana one in my smoothie and I'll add in some spinach, some um, blueberries. I, I just, for me, I get the frozen ones because I have a smoothie every day. So I get, I, I throw in everything. Um, it could be some kale, uh, coconut water. So I throw that in. Um, so yeah, it's really important that we get our protein in after a um, a workout, a hard workout. 
then lunch, you know, sometimes it could be a, a, just a toasted sandwich because that's what we've got here, but we do, um, otherwise it will be, you know, a salad. We might order a salad from somewhere and, and get, you know, make sure that there is some more protein in there, maybe a little bit of brown rice. It's For us, it's all about balance. It isn't, um, we aren't super strict at what time we have to eat, but we're making sure that when we do eat, we're fueling our body for, um, you know, so that we've got the energy to keep up with our kids. We're fueling our body for the next workout and just replenishing our body for what it's lost. One of the things that I find uh, extraordinary about your story is that, you know, you were so fiercely competitive from a young age, which is quite inspirational. I'm sure your daughters are going to really benefit from seeing, you know, two parents who really modelled that for them. And, um, and, you know, you've weathered a lot of storms. Have you, How have you managed the stress of the worst times of your life? Because that is the most aging thing that we can go through. Cortisol breakdown is by far the worst inflammatory response that a body can have. And it's hard to recover from and it's hard to manage. Did you take mm. any biohacking steps? Did you take any supplements? Did you change your food or exercise routine when you were training or when you were going through a personal crisis? What What do you do? Because you're smarter than most of us in this field. <laughs> well, yeah, we have been through a lot and um, we always seem to come out the other side. So for me, it's whenever I've been extremely in a stressful uh, situation for a period of time, I do drop a lot of body weight and it doesn't matter what I eat. It just keeps dropping off. So it's important that um, I eat frequently and I'm having stuff rich in high in protein, carbohydrates to keep my energy levels up because I I see it as um, your, your proteins and carbs this way. So your carbohydrates is like a boat and your protein sits on top of that. And without that carbohydrates in that boat, it's your, your protein's not going to, to move for, help you move forward. So you need to have that balance of protein and carbohydrates. So I, was, I make sure that I get plenty of that. Um, but me, it's about mindset and, and it's about how you're going to approach certain things. And um, I always, like I said just previously, go for a run. I make sure that I leave my phone at home I do my best thinking when I'm when I'm running, when I'm outdoors, when I'm walking, because it's just me and my thoughts and there's no interruptions. I get pure clarity. So being outside, going for a run, exercising um, for me is, is the best way to approach stressful situations. But I truly believe, and of course sleep, but I truly believe it's your mindset and how you look for any situation, look at any situation. I'm always the glass is half full. And I I truly believe that if you tell yourself something, um, you can achieve anything. So instead of waking up and go, oh, it's so bad today. It's so hard. It's, um, I can't believe this is happening to me. I, through my tools and through my past experiences, I realized that I go, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. Yes, this is happening, but it will pass. Um, it's it's happening to me because I've got the tools to deal with it. So I, I am a very positive person. She is an iron woman, me. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. She's an if you're an iron woman, you can pretty much push through most. But it, pain. But it is mindset. Yeah, but it is mindset and surrounding yourself with positive people. Surrounding yourself with people who 
are going to um, be honest with you, but be a positive influence in your life and your life moving forward. You know, I, I had a couple of crises of my own in the past, I would say, decade. Um, you know, I had a financial crisis around the time of the GFC and nearly went bankrupt. I was 35 and I had a uh, million dollars in debt over two weeks. It, it completely blindsided me. It was really devastating. Um, I had a really hectic pregnancy. I was in a hospital for seven weeks with placenta previa before I had my daughter, right. Lily, and I nearly died having the baby. And then I had a really hectic relationship scandal that blew up and was in all the papers, and it was a, a most revolting time of my life. Mm. And on all three occasions, um, it was my physical health that really mm-hmm. suffered. My mental health was super strong. And I remember going to a health retreat um, and the naturopath there just sat me down and said, you know what, Baha, if you had just done one thing, you would have really got through these moments better. And I said, what's that one thing? And, and she said, be complex. Never underestimate the power of a good B-complex yes. because your nervous yep. system was shot and a good B-complex could have really supported you. And I thought, oh, my God, why didn't I think of that? Yes. But now I take but it is, and it works. Yeah, but isn't it incredible when you're at your lowest and you're you're so stressful and you lose all this weight, people think you look your best. Oh, my God, yes. I was weight. a bone. I was like 45 kilos and, in my so, and people. You know, it's when you're healthy and, yeah, you look so good. You've lost so much weight. It's like, well, hang on a second. If only you knew the stress that I was under and actually how unhealthy I am at the moment in regards to my um, my mind and my body, um, you know, and before no one said anything and I was at my healthiest and happiest. So it, it is funny what people perceive as someone looking good, being healthy, being happy. I totally agree with you. But let's talk about looking good because you look good. Yes. Are you 36? <laughs> You're 36, right? I am 36. 36 yes. yep. with three kids, a husband, a massive career. You spend a lot of time in the sun too. How on yeah. earth do you look so youthful and have such beautiful, even skin? I'm curious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So obviously I have Botox, um, which I'm not ashamed to say. It started oh, why would for me you be at ashamed? <laughs> Yeah, and it started for me at a young age when I was doing um, quite a few photo shoots and I had some really deep lines um, through my forehead, which I now have been told it's hereditary. My father's got it, my brother's got it, and this was at a really young age. So for me it was prevention rather than um, anything else because at that age, you know, when you're young, when you are young, How old were you, if you don't mind me asking? I would have been probably 18. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah it, it is very young. And if my daughter came comes to me at 18 and says, I want to, I, I would definitely, um, you know, not think of, want her to do that at, at such a young age. But they were very deep, very, and at, at a very young age. Um, and to the point where if I didn't do something about it, uh, by the time I was 30 or 25, um, nothing would have helped. And I wasn't conscious about it, but until people started to bring it to my attention, um, I, I then became really conscious about my, my lines in my forehead. And um, so, yeah, for me, it gave me that confidence and, um, you know, each to their own. And, and, yeah, that's what I do. But I definitely look after my skin. Do you do um, any lasers or have you had any filler or any of the more advanced rejuvenation uh, yeah. techniques? Because I, I, for sun damage, there's nothing like laser. and 
Yeah. So I have done, um, yeah, I've done the thermage. I've also done. The thermage um, for lifting and firming. For lifting and uh, firming, yes. And I've also done a, a laser on my face, which was so painful. Uh, I'm trying to think what it was called now. Um, you had the full face one, yeah. Maybe Fraxel. Yes, the full face. Fraxel, that's what I got. I got the Fraxel. I've done that twice um, and it is extremely painful, um, but it works for me um, because I do have a lot of pigmentation. I have spent a lot of time in the sun from a very young age with my training and competing, so I had a lot of freckles. Um I do find it a painful treatment, but, um, you know, once it all sort of scabs up after a few days and comes off, the results are amazing. So for me, uh, it was trying to just reverse the sun damage that I had had from a young age. So now um, I'm very regimented with my my skin. So morning and night, I, 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 I have a routine. So morning, I wake up, I cleanse my face, I have a shower, I cleanse my face, um, now this is not a sponsored, but I just want to show everyone what I do. So I then put on, um, the skin better science, even toning. So I put this on and that's just, um, I put that on morning and night. I love but their peel pads. That brand has the yes. best peel pads. Amazing. Um, and then I in the morning after that, I'm all about the vitamin C, love the vitamin C. What brand Society. is that? That's um, Society, yep, vitamin yeah. C. Yes. So these are, this is not sponsored, but I just want to show you what works best for my skin. Um, followed by some moisturizer from Scott & Sullivan. I go to the clinic at Bondi for um, all my treatments. They know my skin really well. They're beautiful. And then I just, Kay and Lisa, that's good girls. They're so great. And then I am all about the SPF. So, again, I just use a good um, SPF 50 um which is the aspect sun um you know I, I put one of these on my my kids school bags my husband has one on his cricket kit um again none of this is sponsored but it's just what I do and I keep it as simple as that um I if I'm doing something where I may be my skin's not looking great I might may use the aspect at uh, 30 plus it's got a bit of a um it's not foundation but it has got a little bit of a um you know, a tone in it. So, yeah, that's basically what I do morning and night. Uh, nighttime, I won't use the vitamin C, but I still do that same routine where I cleanse. Um, you know, every second or third night, I'll exfoliate. Then I put my um, that even tone just to help with my pigmentation, followed by moisturizer and eye cream. I keep it simple. Um, I don't like to clog my skin up. And um, yeah, I think that works best for me. Well, it definitely works best for you because you look gorgeous. <laughs> Can I Thank ask you. you a question? You've obviously mm. been so well educated in fitness and wellness and you've had, you know, amazing advisors throughout your life in terms of, you know, nutrition and um, peak performance. Who taught you about beauty and, and what are, who were the best muses for you in that space? For me, it was my mother. Um, you know, from such a young age, you know, back then it was cleanse, tone, moisturize. We know that, you know, they don't do the toner anymore, but it's, um, my mum always was so regimented with her skincare routine, uh, that I just, I didn't know any better than just, okay, that's what you do. You don't, you know, that's part of life. You do those things. So she's still mum's 70, um, almost 71 and still every day, every night does the same routine. Um, has her favorite products. And so for my, for me, my mum is, um, she doesn't have many wrinkles. She doesn't do Botox. She just has 
beautiful skin and um you know she's always taught me that you need to look after your skin from a very young age and you know she bought me my first moisturizer my first cleanser and um what was it do you you remember yeah I think it was just a um you know just something from the chemist uh would have been just something very light I can't remember exactly what brand but just something very light um just to get you used to you know looking after your skin properly Candice, can I ask you, do you have like a go-to ritual when you're exhausted and you look in the mirror and go, I feel a thousand years old and I, and you need to kind of turn it around really quickly? Yeah, I do. So I, again, I don't wear a lot of makeup unless I have to work. So a photo shoot or do some media, but I've started to get onto all the Trini London. Oh, I yeah. love Trini. And it's so easy because I'm not, you would think after getting my makeup done so often or my skincare done that I would be really, but I'm I'm still a very clueless. So, but Trini London, she has the BFF, she has, um, you know, all these beautiful bases that you put on and you don't need to use brushes, you just use your hands. So I like to use that. Um, She also has the Miracle Blur, which I use sometimes for, you know, certain areas around the lip or around the eyes. Um, and her concealers are, are fantastic. Her concealer, so I love her concealer, her concealer. Yes, I love best. Trini London. So I do, again, I have, um, you know, if I'm going out at night and I need something a little bit more coverage, I'll use the Armani Silk. But I, for, for day-to-day and, like, picking the girls up from school or if you're just waking up feeling a bit, ugh, um, I love Trini London. When do you feel the most beautiful? Um... I think I feel my most beautiful when I first get out of the shower. I'm stripped back. Um, If I've just washed my hair, my hair's wet, I've just put some moisturiser on my face and it's just me. Um, I think after, especially if it's after a good night's sleep, I think that's when I feel my most beautiful. Um, And I know that my husband loves me anyway, but when I'm just being natural, um so yeah I think just when I first get out of a shower and I'm just fresh and I'm just stripped back and it's just me do you have a go-to outfit that makes you feel really fresh and you know uh radiant um mm, I don't know I don't have a particular outfit but if I'm ever wanting to feel you know as you get older you still want to look your best you still want to know that you've you know you've got it and you, you have that confidence so sometimes it is just putting that little black dress on and um you know you don't need to over accessorize or overdo with the makeup you just put the black dress on you feel great but anytime I wear color it just obviously you know lifts your spirits and 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 makes you look really alive I'm I'm curious to know because you're you're beautiful as well as hugely accomplished when you were growing up, and I've had this conversation, uh, I think it was with Shana Blaze, actually. Yeah. And she said that when she was really young, the school counsellor said to her, look, you should try your hand at modelling. You, you're pretty. Have a go mm. at that. And I think, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, so it, it's possibly a different dialogue um, when you were growing up. But, you know, as an athlete, as a woman in the media, have you... Did you kind of, were you aware that you were also beautiful and that was part of your appeal um, to other people? Um, 
That's a really tricky question without sounding like you're blowing your own trumpet. So it's, it's no, a very it's a really um, honest question. I say I, I, I ask the me. question in the spirit of, um, you know, we a lot of people, for example, that I speak yeah. to, and I, I've interviewed Trini for the podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. yeah, that's okay. So I've had Trini on the podcast. She's coming up soon. We were talking yeah. about, you know, her currency was always beauty. And there's a lot of people who've come into their beauty later and mm. as a result of not feeling beautiful when they were younger, they learned every trick in the book and they really made it their business to enhance every asset that they had. But first they developed other assets. And so for mm. me, it's really interesting when I speak to men and to women, and I've asked this of men as well, did you grow up feeling like you were a beauty? Yeah. Or did you yeah. come into it? I think. Um... I came into it. I was always a, a tomboy, very much. Grew up down at Maruba Beach, would go surfing with all the boys because, you know, when I was younger, not many women, um, you know, went surfing or sort of. So for me, I was always just one of the boys. So you don't really, you know, see yourself as someone who they would be attracted to or you you just you just want to be liked by your peers. So no, I didn't. Um, it, I guess it wasn't until I started to become successful in my field, you know, in surf, in surf lifesaving, um, that I started to attract sponsors and do photo shoots for them and, and do different campaigns. You know, back then it was Running Bear and Rival and, you know, then there's been so many more since then. It, it wasn't until then that I thought, wow, I've actually got a particular look that, um, people want to see more of all that sells products or, um, you know, maybe I'm more than just that tomboy. So I think it wasn't until I turned professional and people wanted to start using me for their campaigns that I didn't really um, see myself as anything other than a sister, a daughter, or, you know, just the girl next door. So you're an ambassador now of a brand that I'm excited about. It's the M-Sculpt Neo. And the, the first time I heard about it. it was a couple of years ago in the clinic circles. But then when I had Miranda Kerr on the podcast, she swore by it. She said to me, you have to do it. She's also yes. had three children and she's been using it to redevelop her muscle density. Tell me about your journey with this treatment because body treatments are so exciting. Yes. Yeah, it is exciting. And I'm always very skeptical of things like this. Um, Sometimes they're always a little bit too good to be true, but it's nice when you come across something that is, it is what it says it is. Um, so for me, it started with, um, after giving birth to my three kids, I really struggled with the separation of my abdominal muscles and being so active in the gym, um, going hiking, surfing, I need to engage my core. Unless I do that, my my back starts to go on me. Um, I just can't do things to the best of my ability. So I thought, you know what, it, it can't hurt. Let's give it a crack. Um, within probably two, I've done the full treatment, but within probably my second or third treatments, I really felt like it started to complement everything that I was starting to do Um so whether this it is, would um, be, it's electromagnetic this, pulsing, isn't it? Yes, it's um, super matri- super. Um, what's the word they use? It's yeah, it is contractions. So it's it's like doing 30, uh, 20,000, 30,000 crunches, your best possible crunches, which we know would be impossible to do at the gym. 
this is all done in a 30 minute time. Um, you know, it's, it's no fuss. It doesn't hurt. It's it doesn't hurt because I've heard from some it people doesn't it's hurt, no. quite intense. It can be. It quite- is intense. It is intense, but it doesn't hurt. And you can, you know, the therapist is there with you. They can sort of turn it up, turn it down to your liking. Um, but for me, I had it full, of of course. I had it full um, up at 100 and your body does start to get used to it. But for me, after a few treatments, it was starting to become really exciting because I could see my posture getting better. I could see that I was starting to do things in the gym Um I could do more in the gym, but I could do things that I couldn't possibly um, do beforehand where I'm starting to compete again in the ocean and just um, being able to keep up with some of the younger girls because my core was more engaged, again, was really exciting. So uh, the great thing about um, M-Sculpt Neo, it's not, you know, yes, you, you can lose weight, you can gain muscle. So I think it's around 25% um, gaining muscle or um, and 30% losing weight or one or the other. But for me, it wasn't about losing weight. It was about complementing my daily life and everything that I do. And, um, you know, it has been incredible. I've also used it on my glutes, um, which for people who think that it's it's slightly painful on your abdominal muscles, the glutes is very comfortable. Um, it doesn't hurt um, at all on your glutes. And is it good for cellulite as well or is it just firming and lifting or is it also detoxing? Um, look, I haven't, I, I can't answer about the cellulite. Um, I don't have a lot at the moment, so I haven't noticed that. Um Maybe for some people it could. I'm not too sure. But for me, it's all about firming but building that muscle up. So putting it on my glutes, um, it was funny after a few – because I've always had quite a a flat bum. um, And after a few sessions, my husband was like, oh, wow, what have you been doing? (laughs) Yeah, and and it's it's funny because you can't really see what's going on back there. Um, So when he said that, I was like, oh you know, maybe, maybe this really is working. And then I started to, my, my running time started to improve. So for me, I've seen the difference and I've done the full treatments. I think if you were just going to do a one-off, then I probably, you know, you're wasting your time. This is something that you need to do four or five treatments. Um, and the treatments are, you know, every sort of 10 days, if you can do that. Um, and also it, it it's sort of something that works well with, it complements you if you're, you are already exercising, you are walking, that sort of thing. Um, so for me, it was really exciting to find something that really lives up to its reputation as well. Definitely. Do you drink a lot of water? Are you a big water drinker? Yes, I am. I am a big water drinker. Um, there are times where I can get a little bit lazy, um, but my body really suffers with that when I do. So I do get, you know, the headaches. I do um, feel very lethargic. So I need to really keep my water intake up high because I sweat a lot. Um, I am a sweater, so I do the hyperhidrosis under my arms. I I run, I exercise, I sweat. So for me, keeping the water um, intake up is is crucial. Yeah, it definitely makes a difference. I just want to circle back to the ageless conversation we were having in the context of the sporting world. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of all the careers in the world, probably the most brutal in terms of... Uh, aging is sport. Um, yes. And there's there's really um, a finite time, I guess, in most uh, sports that uh, an athlete can be at the top of their field. 
Mm. Do you think that there needs to be more work done in transitioning elite athletes in particular from being at the top of their game in their 20s and then finding a meaning and a place for themselves and their uh, their future outside of that, often at a time where most people haven't even begun their lives? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's um, something that needs to be addressed more often. You you just have to look at the newspaper or look at um, a lot of people, so a lot of um former athletes are really starting to open up about their struggles after, you know, being at the the highs of their sport and at the pinnacle of their sport. And then the next day, no one not caring about them because they've either retired. So, um, you know, a lot of former athletes turn to drugs. They end up um, out of work. They're, they're just very lost. So I think there needs to be that transitioning that happens well before they're even thinking about retiring, whether that be getting them, um, you know, some some skills. Because, again, a lot of these athletes don't even have life skills. They turn professional at a super young age and everything's done for them. You know, at this on Tuesday you've got to be here at 8.30 and then you're going to get physio at this. So their whole days are mapped out. They don't even have to think. Yes. So they don't even really have um, a lot of life skills or life experiences. So um, I don't know what the answer is, but I definitely feel their need to be um, a greater focus on retirement. And I know Cricket Australia do it really well. They have a, a system in place that, you know, someone is guiding them and talking to them for quite a number of years post-retirement, um, whether it be helping them, getting them into a job, whether it be just mentally, are you okay? Do you need to speak to someone? So um, because I'm in the Cricket Australia sanctum, I understand that they do have things set up. Um, but I feel like a lot of other professions in sport, they need to sort of start looking at that because uh, it is quite sad to see people who, um, you know, when they're at the top of their game, they're, you know, they're role models, they're heroes, they're idols of so many exactly younger right. people. And then all of a sudden they're out of work, they're out of job, they don't know where to turn to, they don't know where to get those highs of, um, you know, their sporting wins from so there needs to be a greater focus uh, definitely on post post retirement and when did you find your purpose after sport you know when and how did you find your game plan for an ageless you know forever Mm. for me it was um meeting David we I, I met him when I was around 26 and I was starting to get to the point in my career thinking at what point do you retire? At what point do you say enough's enough? Um, it, it's one of those hard things. Do you keep going when you're doing so well? Um, do you retire then or do you retire when you lose your form and people are saying you probably should, um, you know, give it up? So for me it was meeting David and um, I fell pregnant, so that was another reason why. But I was starting to, my focus was starting to switch to his career rather than mine and I could see the positive impact I was having on him and how that was affecting his playing career and how that was getting him to the next level and the next level. And what do, and you, say, what do you mean by positive impact you had on him? I love that. So he was, I guess, slightly lazy. He was always had a lot of natural ability. Only the wife did, of the former captain yeah. he was kind of lazy. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, he, well, he was. You know, he wasn't, he was just happy with having that natural ability but didn't want to 
work harder at what he was doing. So I think when he started to see me working really hard, waking up at 4.30 and doing all these extras, he thought, wow, I I just do what I have to do. I, I don't do the extras. I actually, I don't sacrifice as much as I probably should. And by him seeing what I was doing, his whole mind shifted. And so he would start waking up early and doing extra training. And because of that, he, he started to go century after century and was starting to play a lot more consistently. And when I could see that and that I was played some role in, in, in his career and his success, it started to really um, make me think, okay, if I'm having such a, a positive impact on his life and this is what I'm doing, then I don't need to compete anymore. I feel I, I'm happy with what I've achieved. I can leave that behind. I'm I'm helping someone else achieve their goals and and being part of his team and and his success was enough. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that. I feel like I need to invite him on the podcast because I love having yeah. the uh, the male view of you know how to stay revitalized and energized. Yeah. Well, he's a good one. He he's um he really makes time for himself. He um, he's really good at journal. Um, you know, doing journals. He and he he spends so much time on his own in hotel rooms that it would be so easy for him to just get inside his own mind and and talk negative to himself. But he's so good at opening up, talking about how he feels, um, writing things down, uh, reading things, getting inspiration online. Uh, He's very, very good at that. Candice, can I ask you, what would you go back and say to your 14-year-old self who started the journey in surf lifesaving? I would say... Um, it's funny. Um, I would say to just be yourself. Don't listen to anyone else, uh, obviously, except your coaches, but just be true to who you are. Be happy with who you are. Don't try to impress people. Don't, um, don't be too hard on yourself. Um, just enjoy the moment. You all, I think as an athlete and as a young person, you're always looking forward to this and that and, and you actually forget to just live in the moment and be present at that very moment. So I think just be present, enjoy the moment, don't be too hard on yourself and um, just smile lots because, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. That's beautiful. And, you know, your daughters are going to be 14 in a blink of an eye. If you could time mm. travel forward and give your mm-hmm. 50-year-old self and and look at her, what would you be yeah. proud of that she's doing? I think I would really like to be able to, when I reach 50, just be able to, I guess, sit back and just appreciate what I've been able to achieve and just enjoy my kids and hopefully then my grandkids and, and just be proud of the women that my my, my girls have become and know that I've, sorry, it makes me quite emotional. Um and just know that you've done a really good job as a mum. Sorry. I always get so emotional when I talk about my daughters, but um, I just want them to grow up with it, with just with a good heart to know that they come from a loving family and um, be good people. So, I, you know, if I was 50 and I was looking back and I could see beautiful, strong, independent, confident young women, then I'll know that, as a mother, I've done a really good job. Uh, Sorry. Oh, 
Sorry. I always get so emotional when I talk about my daughters. I just, I, I can't help it. Sorry. Yeah, you're overflowing with love and yeah, yeah. it's lovely. And yeah. to wrap up, I'm going to ask you, Candice, do you have an ageless muse? Is there a celebrity? Is there a historical figure? Is there a person in your life that you look to who who maybe at any age she could be, you know, a 14-year-old like you were or, um, you know, a 90-year-old? Is there someone that you to you embodies the philosophy of being an ageless muse? See, I see someone like a Helen Merrin and I just look at her and I think, She's beautiful. She's stunning. She's um, confident. I look at her and I just think she's everything that I, if I could be looking like her and smiling and have that sass and that confidence and um, just be so confident in your own skin at that age, um, you know, I, I just, it, I find it very inspiring. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, a beautiful part of your story and your excellent excellent ageless tips great skincare advice great body training advice great fitness and nutrition advice mm-hmm. um it's been an absolute pleasure and you really are the embodiment of an ageless muse it, i've loved meeting you oh, lovely to see you thank you so much i've really enjoyed this chat and i'm so sorry for getting emotional but um it's you know good. that's me i'm a very an emo- a emotional person all right and i'm going to really hit you up for um to have your husband on the show I'd yeah, absolutely. So more men and also yes. partners of men to to have the conversations. It, it's fun. It's fun to hear it from different Yeah, it is. Well, in the, um, from middle of November to the end of November, he's um, doing hotel quarantine in Queensland for two weeks, so he'll probably have a bit of spare time. I will get him there. I'm sure, I'm sure he would love to be on your show, yes. I'd love that too. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank Lovely you. Lovely to meet Bye. you. Bye. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. I'm Bahar Etmanen, your host and founder of Ageless by Rescue. For more exclusive content, show transcript, behind the scenes video, real people reviews and extended interviews with experts, I invite you to please follow us at Ageless by Rescue on Instagram, Facebook and Rescue TV on YouTube. You can also sign up to receive our e-magazine and newsletters, all for free.